0: This College Hockey Southwest weekly podcast is brought to you by College Bar and Grill, Behind the Mask Hockey Shops, OxyPow, Peoria Ford, Super Embroidery and Screen Printing, Oceanside Ice Arena, and Devils DevilsHockey.shop. And now here's your host, Scott Strandy.
1: Come in to another edition, another podcast, another webcast, College Hockey Southwest Weekly. I've got the man from uh, Minnesota State, Paul Allen, with me. Paul, first of all, welcome in. Thanks, Scott. Glad to be here. You know, I visited with your brother, Doug, and did a great story with him. We could have talked hockey for about two weeks, but uh, we cut it off at about 45 minutes. But So uh, it's really great to have you back down here in the desert. And uh, First question for you is, did you ever think that you were going to be coming back down here to see Arizona State hockey?
2: um no no you you know uh those in the in the uh college uh hockey circles are uh waiting for this explosion out west and we're extremely excited when arizona state announced they were going uh division one elevating their club program to division one and and um but uh you know there's several schools who probably are on the verge of hopefully making a move here eventually and uh to see arizona state make that move made a lot of us in the uh uh, college hockey ranks extremely happy and of course uh kind of special for me my I, I spent uh some years early back in the early days in northern arizona when they had division I hockey program the varsity program doesn't exist anymore of course course and um but have fond memories of of coming down and playing in oceanside and of course uh the growth of hockey in general, with, especially in the Southwest with uh, what's been happening with uh, youth hockey. And, of course, the, the Austin Matthews story is tremendous, and we're extremely excited. Of course, and our guys, and myself included, are very excited to be back down here in Phoenix, especially this time of year. Well, you got a big matchup against a familiar, very
1: familiar opponent for you guys in Minnesota Duluth. I know you guys are, uh, um, I don't know what we call you guys, because you're not in the same conference, but you see a lot of each other being in the
2: same state, Correct. We do. We do. Uh, We played them three times last year. Of course, the last time we played them um, was at the uh, NCAA Western Regional in Sioux Falls last spring and they beat us in overtime and of course went on to win the national championship and and uh, uh, we know a lot of people although we're not in the same conference anymore with them being in the NCHC and us being the WCHA uh, we we still play uh, every year non-conference and, and of course uh, uh, the coaching staffs are very close, they know each other um, of course Mike Hastings the head coach of uh, Team USA, our coach has uh, got Scott Sandler, the coach of Minnesota Booth on his staff up in uh, Vancouver, Victoria right now so so, yeah, this is, a, this is a nice rivalry. We look forward to playing uh, UMD, and hopefully we can exact some revenge on them <laughs> after what happened last spring in Sioux Falls. Absolutely. Well, we're just minutes away from the face-off here. I know uh,
1: you, you mentioned already that, that Coach Hastings is not with them, but as Coach Powers told me it's a well-oiled machine. It's going to keep operating the same way with, with or without him. I don't know if that's
2: completely true, but you're from the inside. What do you think? Well, uh, Mike Hastings would be the first guy, to tell you that he has uh, a tremendous amount of trust uh, with uh, our associate head coach and Todd Connaught and uh, assistant coach uh, Darren Blue. Uh, They've been here for the duration of Mike's career, and uh, Mike gives them uh, a lot of credit, most of the credit, frankly, for the success that we're having right now. And we have had a lot of success, as you know. More more wins than any other program in the country during the course of Mike's career. He's in his seventh year, and uh, we've been to the NCAA tournament uh four times under under Mike and um and uh one of the constants of course has been Todd Connaught and and Darren Blue and uh, as you know how it goes and this type of thing those guys are responsible for uh, a lot of the recruiting that goes on most of the guys here almost all all the guys here as a result of the work those guys have done
1: well, there's some uniqueness on your team. I talked with Johnny Walker, who played that USHL in Chicago, and he's got some teammates playing on that side. So uh, he's had a chance to renew some old uh, uh, memories, I guess, of some of
2: those guys. But tell us a little bit about your team and what you expect out of them tonight. Well, uh, we're a puck possession-oriented team, and traditionally, under Mike Hastings, we've been one of the top teams relative to power play and uh, shorthanded situations. We're very good on the uh, pell-to-kill, and typically we outshoot our opponents, and we're very good in shot margin. Last year, we led the, the country in fewest goals, or fewest... Uh, Shots on goal allowed, and, and in shot margin, and um, uh, we skate. We go up and down the ice. I think du- Minnesota-Duluth, you look at them, and, and uh, I think there's some similarities between the two teams, the way they play. Uh, we're we're uh, very skilled up front, although, unfortunately, we've got a couple guys who won't be in the lineup tonight, and Parker Toomey, our, our leading scorer, um, got hurt in the series against Bowling Green, and uh, Jake Jeremko, who was one of the top freshmen in the country last year. So we miss a couple of our key players there. But we're excited about where we are right now. We're We're big and mobile on defense, and we've got a – Um, a young goaltender uh, going tonight in Dryden McKay, who a lot of people are excited about. I heard some things about Dryden. We had a chance to visit with him a little bit yesterday. He's a great kid. Tell us about the name Dryden. How did that come about? Do you know? Do you know the story? Uh, I do. I do, yeah. Uh, Dryden's dad is a, a former pro goaltender named Ross McKay. And and Ross, who's from Edmonton and played major junior in Calgary, had a, a lengthy pro career, which included one game in the NHL with the Hartford Whalers. Okay. So, uh, of course, a lot of people in the hockey circle would recognize the name Dryden. Right. It's not a coincidence that uh, Dryden, a goaltender, wears number 29 and his first name is Dryden, Dryden McKay. So uh, he comes by it honestly. And, right. and he's, had a, he's offered a tremendous start here as a freshman goaltender, looked really solid. And uh, he's not a real big kid, but he's uh, technically sound and comes to us, of course, at the USHL like a lot of uh, college players, uh, players do, and had a, uh, a, a nice uh, junior career, a Chicago kid, and I think a lot of people who have watched us play. Of course, you know, he started off his career uh, uh, as a freshman getting a couple wins, which right. most freshmen don't do. It's, it's like getting thrown into fire, especially we're relying on a freshman goaltender, um, and we're one of the top programs in the country. That tells you a little bit about what our coaches think of Dryden McKay. Absolutely.
1: Let's talk. Uh, I know you got to get up and get ready
2: for the broadcast,
1: but tell me a little bit about what you know of uh, Clarkson and uh, ASU. One of them could be your well will
2: be your opponent tomorrow night. So, either way, what do you know about either one of them? Well, uh, number one, I can tell you that uh, we are two and two all time versus Clarkson, <laughs> okay. and they're a very good team, well coached, and of course a team that uh, is ranked just like the other three teams here at the tournament. Um, uh, and of course, in uh, ASU, you got probably maybe one of the surprise teams of the. Uh, 2018-19 college hockey season, a team that's right now, if the season were in, as everyone knows, the ASU would be in. Yep. And I uh, ran into Coach Powers last night, uh, and we talked a little bit about their season, and, and they know they've still got the work to do with a lot of the season left in order to be able to get in there. It'd be it's a, it's a great story. We know that they've got uh, really good goaltending, yep. and uh, uh, they've made the most of their opportunities here early in the season with some really good wins. And, and, and Johnny Walker, a, a kid that um, we're pretty familiar with, is having played in the uh, USHL and the NAHL before that, Minot, right. um, <laughs> is a kid who's one of the top players in the country. Of course, leads the country in goals, and uh, he's, a, he's a kid that ASU's touting for the Hobie Baker. So I'm excited to watch both Clarkson and, and uh, ASU play tonight. Looking forward to playing one of those teams tomorrow. All right, final question for you. Have you ever seen, in all your years covering college hockey, have you ever seen a, a holiday tournament field with this much talent? You know, I don't know. Of course, we... I've played a lot of uh, college hockey tournaments. I don't recall us playing a tournament with, which has got four top 20 teams. I, I don't. And so uh, I think ASU's done a great job of putting together this field here and, and excited to play in this great facility you have here in Gila River and, and uh, of course, trying to enjoy a couple games here this weekend in Phoenix and Glendale.
1: Paul, thanks so much for taking some time with us. Uh, have a good broadcast the next couple of nights, and let's hope it's Minnesota State and ASU playing tomorrow night.
2: Thanks very much.
0: That would be great, wouldn't it? Absolutely.
2: Okay, thanks.
0: Hey, you want to get rid of that sting from the rink? Or maybe wipe out the smell of smoke, pets, or other household irritants. When you need an organic-based odor, bacteria, virus, mold, or fungus eliminated safely, naturally, and with no harmful toxins or residues left behind, call on OxyPow. For more information or to get in touch, visit OxyPow.com. That's O-X-Y-P-O-W dot
1: all right, welcome in to another edition, another episode of College Hockey Southwest Weekly. This is the Game Day podcast, and we talked with Minnesota State a little earlier and Paul Allen, so why not bring in a bulldog writer? we got the Duluth News Tribune's Matt Wellens with me. So, Matt, first
3: of all, welcome in. Welcome to the Desert Southwest. Yeah, uh, thanks for, for having us down here. Uh, we were hoping for a little warmer weather. Uh, we're... Trying to get a little spoiled. Seventies would have been nice, but it, there's a snowstorm going on in Duluth right now, so I'm not going to try and complain too hard. Uh, don't need my wife ragging me when I get back. Get back there. I hear you. Well,
1: I ordered 75 and sunny, so somebody else screwed it up. Okay, let's just get that straight right now. i put the put the blame on someone else. I'll put the blame on someone else. Well. You know, it's an unusual thing when two teams from Minnesota come down to Arizona and play each other in the opening round, but uh, you guys know a lot about Minnesota State. Um, You were the ones that bumped them out of the tournament last year on your route to the national championship. I talked to coaches. I talked to players. I asked them, I said, if uh, last year was a rebuilding year and you win a national championship, what do you do in year
3: two? I think. For UMD, it's win another national championship right. or, or, or bust. I know they really want a, an NCHC conference right. title. They haven't done that yet in the league. It's been a while since even going back to their WCHA days that they want a regular season conference title. So I think that's kind of like first and foremost on their minds right now, though St. Cloud State has been really, really, really good. Um, another Minnesota team right. um, has been really good to start the year. Uh, it's it It's been an impressive year for for hockey, uh, college hockey in Minnesota, it's not the Gophers, the the Big Ten school that's that's leading the way. It's three um, Division two schools that play in the uh, Northern Sun Collegiate Athletic Conference that are that are dominating things right. right now in in the sport.
1: So you guys get to come down here where it's a little bit warmer weather. We already discussed that, but uh, you got three other ranked teams. So mm-hmm. when you look at college hockey, uh, I look back a number of years. I haven't been able to found to find a uh, holiday tournament that featured four ranked teams
3: before. Do you remember or do you call of one? I mean, your best bet is maybe looking back at, you know, looking through those Great Lakes Invitationals that they play yep. over in, in Detroit where you get Michigan, Michigan State, uh, though Michigan Tech was down for so many years. Um, I guess I, I don't want to anger uh, the Dartmouth Twitter account, uh, the premier college hockey tournament and all of uh, northern New England out there. Maybe they've had uh, some pretty good teams out east there. But, no, the holiday tournaments, you know, you look at a lot of schools used to host them, and they right. often brought in – teams that were maybe easy to beat so they could win their own holiday (laughs) tournament. Uh, A lot of the holiday tournaments have have gone away. Uh, there aren't as many of these out there anymore. So, um, I think what's cool about this one, you know, Arizona State, I think, has the freedom to, to bring in kind of whoever they want. They don't have to worry about, ah, we should bring over this next-door neighbor or that next-door neighbor. Um, they're the new team around here. They don't have to worry about, you know, conference. No, oh, we can't bring that team in because they're a conference rival. They, As an independent, they got the freedom to really kind of bring in anyone and everyone. And, um, you know, I think we've kind of seen that with this tournament. It, it's been fun, And you know. Most college hockey teams are in the north. They right. want to come south yeah. this time of year. Them and their fan bases, they want to come south in, in December. So,
1: Well, let's talk about the, the goaltenders in this tournament. We've got four really good goaltenders, including Hunter Shepard with uh, the Bulldogs. But uh, I told him the other day, I said we stole the other Hunter, brought him down here to the Tucson Roadrunners and Arizona Coyotes family. But talk a little bit about Hunter Shepard what he's meant to this team.
3: Yeah, Hunter Miska coming down here. That's why Hunter Shepard is is where he is right (laughs) now. Um, Otherwise, Hunter Miska might have been the goaltender for that national championship team. Uh, Shep's kind of a late bloomer. He was the North American League uh, goaltender of the year in juniors. He was a top goalie his senior year of high school in Minnesota and uh, he didn't get an offer till real late it was UMD after uh, Casimir Kaskasua went and signed with the Maple Leafs right. um, it, just this kind of um, domino effect of goalie signing early at UMD has um, allowed Shepard to step in and, and take advantage of this role um, a guy that really wasn't on any pro radars before last year uh, this summer uh, he was out in Buffalo at their development camp and and also at his home state Minnesota wild camp so right. um, I think a lot of people were kind of surprised he wasn't the third goaltender in a row to th- three years in a row for umd to lose one uh he was determined to come back he feels like he's got a lot more work to do if you ever talk to him he's, he's a guy that's never satisfied right he's really driven and he's just never satisfied he's always looking to get better he never feels like he's hit the top yet or anything so um he really is an interesting kid to talk to and um i, I think you see that intensity and that commitment and drive on on the ice with him. He probably isn't the most skilled goaltender UMD's had in recent years, right. uh, but he might be the most driven and I, that's probably why he's you know where he is right now.
1: Well and other the other big topic with okay. the Bulldogs is no Scott Sandlin, right? Yeah. And, and three players you're missing, three yeah. really good players, so yep. tell us a little bit about how important that's going to be, especially in that defensive core when you lose uh, guys like Mikey Anderson.
3: Well last year UMD was out at the uh, Ledyard Bank Classic in, in Hanover, New Hampshire, where man, there might be a 100-degree temperature swing here um, right now from from where we were last year. um, Was it getting up into the 50s today? I think it was negative teens or or lower um, in Hanover last year. They didn't have three defensemen. They were out uh, Mikey Anderson, Dylan Sandberg, and Scott Perinovich, a guy that – you know, Scott Perinovich wasn't with the Bulldogs last year. And and they finished that tournament with four defensemen because their fifth one got kicked out – from a pretty bad uh, game DQ penalty that was handed out, so this year should be a cakewalk. They got seven defensemen. I mean, they can lose. It'll take. They'd have to lose three guys to get to where they were last year. So they had um, a center and Sammy Spurl filling right. in at defense last year. So uh, Jake Rosenbaum's only played in one game this year. He'll be the seventh defenseman uh, this weekend. It'll be interesting to see how many shifts he gets. Uh, Hunter Lellig is has gotten some shifts. Uh, he was the seventh defenseman most of the year. He's gotten in some games on uh, some more ice time uh, lately. So there is a little inexperience, but um their top four are a lot more experienced than last year again they were almost all freshmen right Two you had uh a sophomore nick wolf and three freshmen basically playing defense last year so yeah this should be a cakewalk for for them i know nick wolf was saying yeah this will be a lot easier uh this year than last year he had to play 40 minutes i think in that championship game uh that's tough for a defenseman
1: Uh, absolutely well of course I talked to Greg Powers a little bit about it, and I said, what's it going to be like playing teams that don't have their head coach? And he said, hey, listen, college hockey, it's a well-oiled machine. Everything operates status quo. I'm not so sure about that. You'll know a little bit better, but how how big of a miss, and not a slight against the assistants by any way, but by not having Scott Sandlin uh, behind
3: the bench, is that an issue? I don't think so. I guess we'll see once the game gets out here it, maybe there'll be an adjustment for both Minnesota because Minnesota State's also missing their head coach. Yeah, right. Mike Hastings coaching Team USA, Scott Sandlin working for them. <laughs> um, the interesting Scott Sandlin's uh, son, Ryan, is going to be playing for Mike in <laughs> the future. So, yeah, right? all the ties in Minnesota right there. It's all just one big, happy <laughs> hockey family up there. Um I think the key here is you have two really leading both teams, two experienced associate head coaches. Right. They have the Jason Herter and Todd Knott both have that associate head coach title. It's because their head coaches trust them. These guys have been around the programs for a long time. Uh, Jason Herter has head coaching experience. Maybe it'll be a little different for Adam Kraus, the new assistant at UMD. Right. Um, you know, I think the adjustment might just be players hearing different voices, but. Um, yeah, I guess we'll see. I don't think it'll be a, a, as big of a deal. Maybe if one team had their head coach and another didn't, but um, I, I think because of the guys you have behind the bench of Minnesota State and Minnesota Duluth, it won't be as big of a deal. It, it'd be a, I think it'd be a huge deal if you had, you know, rookie as, assistants. Had yeah, right. had UMD lost both assistant coaches like yeah. Scott Sandlin yeah. kind of feared uh, last <laughs> offseason. And hey, if that happens, maybe he doesn't take the job with the US. Uh, yeah. national junior yeah, team. He Maybe not, he huh? decides to stick around saying, hey, I can't let two young assistants run my team while I'm gone. And of course, what you're alluding
1: to is the head coach at St. Cloud State, which is Brett Larson. We had kind of a, a little merry-go-round, didn't we, and coaching yeah. in uh, in Minnesota for a little bit. But tell everybody a little bit about Brett. He was uh, a mainstay with you guys, and uh, now he's doing a, a bang-up job with Bob Motzko's kids for the most part in, uh, in St. Cloud State.
3: Yeah, uh, Brett inherited a pretty, pretty good team in St. Cloud, which is why some thought maybe Bob doesn't leave right. all, all that behind to go, go to the Gophers. But, um, you know, Brett did two stints with uh, Minnesota Duluth. He was an assistant for three years, mm-hmm. went and coached some juniors, uh, was an assistant and associate head coach at Ohio State before coming back to Duluth. Duluth's his hometown. Yeah. Um, he's a former Bulldog player mm-hmm. as, as well, so his heart's in that city. Uh, St. Cloud is kind of just the perfect opportunity yeah. where he could still be close to Duluth but he also had that chance to be a head coach and be the head coach of a really really good hockey program as as well so um, players love Brett Uh, people love where I loved working with Brett Uh, he has a great personality Uh, again another really driven focused coach Uh, players really like him Uh, I you know yeah he's playing with Bob Matsko's players right now but yeah, you know, I had said when he took that job I wouldn't be surprised if they won the national championship this year this year because you see it in just any sport right um, sometimes you know that longtime coach gets that team that program right to the brink but not over that hump of a championship yep. and then a new voice comes in and that seems to be what pushes them over the top I mean Brad Berry did it at North Dakota yep. uh, replacing Dave Haxtell and um, you know you think to again you know the NFL NBA NHL all those sports where new uh voices come in and, and that can really change things so uh st cloud last year everyone thought it was their year till they got upset mm-hmm. by air force maybe this is the year maybe
1: absolutely well i know you got to get back and get ready to do your job here you're covering the uh the games this but, is a uh, work trip i have to try and remind everyone.
3: <laughs> Everyone,
1: you didn't bring the golf clubs, right? I did not bring the, gol- <laughs> okay. I did not bring okay, the golf. Okay, okay, then you're all clubs. good. Then it's work. Then the we'll just call it work. The golf clubs stayed <laughs> in the basement. I don't know if you noticed, but across the freeway over here is a place called Top Golf, and it's uh, a beautiful place, but. <laughs> And they rent clubs over there. So if you feel like you need to get a swing in uh, or two. I did have a, one of our
3: local TV guys was down in the area a few weeks ago, and he said, oh, don't bring your clubs with you. Just rent them. It's so much easier.
1: So I don't know if I'm any, I don't think I'll get any golf in tomorrow. Well, I appreciate your time. I'm looking forward to uh, hopefully an ASU-UMD game tomorrow night so we can see a couple teams in maroon and gold, although ASU is going to sport black for this tournament, so that'll Better be go interesting. Black
3: to, yeah, won't have any color clashing. <laughs> yeah. Get that already when UMD plays the Gophers. So. I hear
1: you, and I don't know if you're aware, but ASU has 135 uniform combinations, what the need is. It's hard to believe. Helmets, pants, jerseys, gloves, socks, match them up, mix them up, 135 different combos. Got
3: to love those Pac-12 uh, apparel deals, don't you? Thanks, Ab- Oregon. Absolutely. <laughs> All right,
1: Matt, I appreciate your time. Good luck. Enjoy the weekend
0: here in, uh, in beautiful, sunny Arizona. Thanks for having me. Behind the Mask Hockey Shop, celebrating 25 years of exceptional service to the Arizona hockey community. Offering the top brands and an educated staff of hockey players to help you choose the right gear for you. Visit any one of our three Valley locations or check us out online at BehindTheMask.com.
4: That happens late in the game. Um, I I think the guys rally around it. I think that uh, the guys bared down a little bit and gave us life. Um, leading into a power play. And I thought that our power play tonight was stagnant. Um, It's like they didn't know that they were going to come hard, and we we tried to prepare them for that. But uh, they found a way. They did some gritty stuff in front of the net. And I thought that, uh, you know, it's a greasy, grammy goal. It's going to get it even or or win hockey games, and that's exactly what happened in our last two goals.
3: How nice is it for Nick Sweeney coming back from injury uh, to do what he did tonight, setting up the... um Game tying and then scoring the game winning
4: goal. Well, The game tying goal was actually pretty funny because he was really leaning into that shot and it barely got off his stick. And by the first, our whole goal is to get the puck by the first tier and let the guys down low do some work. Mm -hmm. You know, if you watch any NHL games, they get it by the first tier and they let the guys in front of the net get after it and let them do some work. And I thought we did a good job of that in our last two attempts. But it was obviously nice for Nick. You know, we talked about him uh, before the game that
3: uh, he's got a knack for being in the right spot at the right time and making smart plays. So I'm really proud of him maybe that a few games sitting and watching, maybe that do them a, a, a little good at all. I know guys would always like playing, but guys also say sometimes they pick up a thing or two uh, when they sit and, and I, I don't sometimes.
4: know sometimes. I, I don't know if it's that. I just know that uh, when you don't play for a while, you're chomping to get at the bit to actually just play the game. Mm-hmm. You know, So I'm not sure he sat back and watched and dissected, or <laughs> dissected our games. I think Nick and, and the team is just worried about their individual jobs within the team structure, and I thought he did a nice job tonight.
3: Jason you guys have been kind of built a reputation on you you get up to nothing and, and you guys hold a, a team off but we've seen it twice now uh, you guys are showing you can also come back and, and, and win games late how, how nice is it to see the guys rebounding um, you know from that that little downturn when Mankato did make that you know, well it's obviously, you it's obviously nice to see them come back you know but we put
4: ourselves in that position I thought uh, Shep let in a weak when and Mankato was a heck of a hockey team we knew it was going to be a close game it's going to be tight it's gonna be hard you know, so whether we're up a goal, down a goal, we've got to keep with, with it. And I, look at Mankato. They didn't fold when they were down two. So it's not like we did anything different uh, in, when they scored goals. They just played, made the most of a couple chances, and we made the most of a couple of ours, and it was a battle game, just like we said it was going to be a battle game coming into it.
3: You mentioned the net front presence, but you also had a lot of shots going in from uh, the points in this game, mm-hmm. uh, more than Mankato for certain is uh, that an emphasis going in? Missing
4: two guys from your blue line. Well, we have to get the puck up our sticks, and it, my big thing is letting the forwards do some work down low, make them defend. You know, and, and the times you saw, we would sit and we'd have the puck for 30 seconds, doing all these nice little plays, and the puck never got to the net, and that doesn't do us any good. And so, I think that we tried to remedy that a little bit more in the third. Um, we still got a lot of work to do in that area if we want
3: to win tomorrow. Jason, was that planned or something changed? You had different D pairings out there to start, but finished with Scotty and, and Wolfie back together and, and Rail and Matt Anderson. Was, was that a plan Maybe. going in or just kind of adapting as the game went on?
4: Adapting as the game went on. You don't want to put, you know, we, we, we played everybody tonight, and you don't want to put young guys in, in a situation like that that they may not be comfortable. With. Like I said, Mankato's a veteran hard team, and some of our young guys got exposed tonight. And when the chips are down, you shorten the bench and just go with the guys that got you there. So I thought everyone played.
1: Uh, all right tonight as far
4: as on the back end but we got some work to do.
1: How big was that five minute major when it came when it did and you guys were able to kill it off with pretty much shut them down the whole time?
4: We've gone through that several times this year where you know it's a tie game or we're up by one late and we take a penalty and I think the guys just seem to rally around it. I think we had more shots on our penalty kill late in the game in that five minutes than we did in our first two power plays. You know, so that's just the guys trying to find a way. Um, the
1: energy on the bench increased, and I think that stuff's important. Do you think that was the springboard to score in that power play goal right away where the guys fired up after that, killing that off?
4: Well, obviously, when Louie comes back from the penalty box and thanks all the guys and it gets us energized. And let's, Even before that, our, our fourth line went out there and had a heck of a shift with two scoring chances that brought life to, to, before that, the shift before we took the penalty. We had life going into it a little bit where they actually dominated a shift. They struggled all night, in my opinion, but they had dominated a shift, gave us life, and I'll commend those boys for that.
1: Can you talk a little bit about the fan support that you guys got down here with both teams, But. A lot of fun bringing all those people down to Arizona, wasn't it? Well, who from Minnesota doesn't want to be in Arizona <laughs> around this time of year, right? But, you know, we got a lot of family, a
4: lot of our Canadian kids, and they have a lot of Canadian kids on their team too, and it's an opportunity, it's closer to come down here than it is to get down to Minnesota for a lot of them. So I just think it's it's great that we get the support. I think it's great for the tournament. I think it's great for our kids. Now, like, after the game, we'll go back and eat. They'll get to spend some time with their parents, which during the season's uh, not very often, you know, so I think it's a it's holiday season, so it's great great opportunity.
0: Pre-game like a pro, post-game like a champion at College Bar and Grill. Located across the street from the iconic A Mountain and Sun Devil Stadium and a quick walk from Wells Fargo Arena, College Bar and Grill is your home for the best local craft beer, delicious creative cocktails, tasty food, and Tempe's best atmosphere for Arizona State Athletics. College Bar and Grill. Pre-game like a pro, post-game like a champion. Online at ilovecollege.co. Thanks for listening to this College Hockey Southwest weekly podcast brought to you by College Bar and Grill, Behind the Mask Hockey Shops, OxyPow, Peoria Ford, Super Embroidery and Screen Printing, Oceanside Ice Arena, and DevilsHockey.shop. Remember, you can find us on the web at IcetimeHockeySW.com. Thanks for listening. Whether you need 24 pieces or 50,000, Super Embroidery and Screen Printing is here to help you stand out in a crowd. Visit our website at SuperEMB.com to design your own shirt, hat, and accessories using our online tool. Or download the Super EMB app on your mobile device. Super Embroidery and Screen Printing, providing quality products and services to local, national, and international accounts. Let us put our expertise to work for you.